Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby from Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And Bonnie, as we wrap up the month of February and we look toward March, you and I have, uh, we've joined an elite group of podcasters. Yes, I'm so excited. Me too. Uh, Earlier this week, we got notification that we have been asked to join the National Weather Podcast Month Club. That's actually not a club, but uh, it's a combination of now six total podcasts. Um, that have a common goal in mind and to educate and to inform the public and to help build what's known as a weather-ready nation. So we get bestowed to join the podcast following the Carolina Weather Group, Storm Front Freaks, Weather Hype, which is a great name, Weather Brains, another really good name, Ice Station Houseman, which is really cool. They're based at an ice station, which is, you know, no pun intended, but pretty cool. Uh, and then yours truly here at B Squared. So uh, the month of March is National Weather Podcast Month. And like I said, it's uh, a group of us six uh, podcasts. And we, you and I are super excited because um, I'm not saying we've made the big time, but Bonnie, we've made the big time. <laughs> we definitely have. Hey, like our name's getting out there. We're contributing to informing the public and then also contributing to the giant community of weather geeks that are out there so i am proud to be part of it exactly if you guys want to find out more about the national weather podcast month you can follow them on twitter at wx podcast month all one word wx podcast month uh search the hashtag nwpm or you can check out the website at weatherpodcastmonth.com uh and i know they're getting ready to revamp uh for this this year's podcast month so it's great because uh like i said it's Really awesome. It's a great collective of people. Uh, James Spann probably is the biggest name weather geeks will know. Um, obviously, he's a chief meteorologist uh, out of the south, I believe, in Alabama. And so he's part of the group. You'll hear his voice on our podcast. Uh, he voiced a couple spots for the uh, Weather Ready Initiative. So we will be playing James. I'd love to get James on the show, and we might be able to do that here uh, as we go forward through the month. But, Bonnie, I'm just, you know, we're super excited just to be joining this group because it's such a great group of people. Definitely. And, you know, I think James Spann is part of Weather Brains, um, which has a couple other really big names like yeah. Rick Smith. Oh, yeah. Who is with the National Weather Service here in Norman. So, um, that's, that's probably the, the biggest, most established, most biggest, I said it, um, <laughs> <laughs> podcast in the whole group. So, um, you know, and I follow them and they've got, I don't know, hundreds of episodes. And, um, actually when I was in the school of meteorology at OU, we had a, um, I think it was a scan meeting and we went and listened to like, they all videoed in. Okay and live and they could see us we could see them we were talking to them the whole weather brains group and so james span we got to talk to him we got to see him like we were asking him questions and rick smith was there and you know several of the other guys from weather brains and it was like it was it was really really cool it was probably one of the best um, meetings i've ever been to i mean besides this reed timmer one but right explain real quick what scams is to those that don't know 
a scan is a um, it is a club. It's a group at the School of Meteorology where um, the students can be involved, and they do different things. They have monthly meetings. They do um, fun things like you know they had read timer host, and so they do fun things like that. And it's always themed, and there's always food, which is important. Always, um, it happens. It's hosted in the weather in the weather center in their big um, auditorium that they have. And uh, it's fun. It's excellent. It was really fun to be part of that group for the short time that I was, but it was excellent. That is fantastic. And I know that the AMS chapter OU scams is also another big deal and, you know, incorporates all that stuff. And uh, man, again, if you're a student or interested in meteorology and you live in Oklahoma City, you have resources at your fingertips. And so I just hope that you take advantage of it because you guys really are in the true hotbed of, you know, active meteorology, active storms, active forecasting and research and all that fun stuff. So for that reason, I am very jealous. That's why I don't plan to ever leave Oklahoma because it all happens right here. <laughs> and it's like all in my backyard. So it's right? just, this is the perfect place to be. Well, speaking of your backyard, and I know that we've been waiting on severe weather season, Bonnie, it kind of got going yesterday, and you guys were involved in Oklahoma City. We were, and not, you know, in the active excitingness that happened to, to our east, but we, you know, that low was centered in northwest Oklahoma for a while, and so, you know, we had some pretty serious winds coming around that low, and I mean, it was, it was gusting. Like, I was driving to work yesterday at about 8.30 in the morning, and I am in a low-profile vehicle, and I was blowing all over the highway. Winds were gusting 50, sometimes 60 miles an hour. Pretty solid through the whole day. It finally calmed down last night around 7, but I mean, it was, I mean, the wind was really sweeping down the plains yesterday, so. No pun intended, but really pun intended. <laughs> well, so like I said, you guys got into the action. Well, then the real action was along kind of a boundary in the southern state. So we're talking about, you know, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, um, Louisiana, even kind of Missouri uh, got into the action a little bit. But Bonnie, we had tornadoes yesterday. We had nine of them, including a confirmed EF0 in Fayette County, Alabama, uh, confirmed EF1 in Coletta County, Georgia, and then kind of the biggest storm uh, so far that they're still analyzing went through the town of Columbus, Mississippi. Um, various reports of uh, buildings damaged and or destroyed. Uh, there, the radar signature, the debris ball was pretty prominent um, yes. if you're watching that storm. And so uh, National Weather Service, I believe, is still out doing the assessment on that, so they haven't rated it yet, but we expect that to come in the next day or two. So, you know, it is that, that time of year where you get that cold continental air mass, and then it clashes with that warm air coming out of the Gulf, and look what happens. You get storms fire up. It, it was excellent, you know, and everyone has been waiting all week long for this to start. Um, my Twitter was blowing up with really all everyone was talking about was the Columbus storm. Yep. Um, I had radar gif after radar gif gif on my Twitter, um, showing that debris signature. So I'm, I'm excited to see what that rating was because it, I mean, all the video, all the pictures I've seen of it, it looked pretty, it looked like a monster. So we'll see what they rate that. Right. And we had mentioned James Spann from, you know, earlier in the show, I was watching him. He was on live doing uh, a broadcast where they had cut in um, on the ABC affiliate he works at. And so I'm watching the live stream of it. 
And they were talking to one of their storm chasers, and these guys like, yeah, we just pulled into the back lot of a mortuary, and we're a couple miles from the storm. You know, obviously the sun's going down, so we're waiting on, you know, lightning to illuminate it. I'm like, listen, I'm not a professional storm chaser and never, you know, pretend to be one, but a mortuary is the last place I'm ever going to stop to watch a storm. Right. It's a little morbid. It's a little... (sighs) I mean, but I guess if that's what's in the prime spot for you to get a good visual on the storm, but it's just I a guess. little bit like dark. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah, you know, listen, you can go around to the other side of the building or find the neighboring building and be okay with it. But you know, again, local storm chasers, you have the best idea of where to go. I, I know my spots here in the Northwest to go look for storms, but man, I was just like, I just kind of got to chuckle all that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited that, you know, finally we had the severe weather kicking up. Um, one of my friends in Nashville had sent me a text early in the day. Hey, I know that storms could be coming through. Would you mind giving me just a quick heads up if anything does happen? And, you know, they're the poor folks in Nashville. I feel so bad for them. They are, you know, several inches above their, you know, yearly total already. And the amount of rain that has fallen in that area is pretty astronomical and they just continue to just get wave after wave after wave of, you know, of rain and significant amounts of it. So it's funny, even when I was flying in uh, two weeks ago, you could see the Cumberland, the Cumberland River was way dark and dirty and, you know, ponding a dot of the landscape. And I know they're not, you know, lakes there. And so it's just a lot of rain and just the ground saturated. And so, you know, hopefully they can dry out here pretty quick, but you know, like you said, it's the start of storm season. Finally, it's here. Um, but back here in the Pacific Northwest, Bonnie, we're all taking a deep breath because we're model riding extremely hard. We have the potential for a either big busted forecast snow or what could be one of those all-time winter late storms that we talk about for years to come. And, um, you know, we're now within 12 hours of an event starting. The models have come into pretty good agreement but there's still a lot of outstanding things left. All the chief meteorologists around here are hedging bets. Um, one's going strictly on the Euro model and other couple others are a blend of the GFS and the Euro. But if you live in the Portland area, like I do just eight miles to my South exists a winter storm warning. I'm under a winter weather advisory and it's driving me nuts because we have a storm that's going to be coming up off the Oregon coast uh, late tonight. It's going to draw a bunch of cold air down the gorge. Um, And luckily for us, not maybe, you know, too sub freezing. It's going to be pretty close to freezing, but it's dry air. And so you can get the dry air mixing in. You get the air, uh, the moisture over top of it. You know, you get evaporative cooling, going to knock the temperature down toward freezing and poof, we're looking at a snowstorm. Some areas, if you were to believe the Euro, are going to get up to a foot of snow in major metropolitan areas like Corvallis and Eugene, where Oregon State and Oregon are, respectively. Up here, 100 miles to the north, Portland's looking at, if you believe the Euro, 4 to 6 inches. If you believe the GFS, 0 to 3. So, you're taking this blend, and we're not really, you know, sure who's going to get what. And like I said, we're within now 12 hours of an event starting. Everybody's waiting to see what the Zero Z run safe first before they actually put out a snow total. So the only people that have actually put out a snow total are the national weather service. And I think they're downplaying it. Um, I'm reading the discussion every six hours and I mean, it, it, it's waffling. I'm looking at freezing level maps. I'm looking at animations. I I'm not kidding you. When I say I'm riding a model, I am serious about that. I'm looking at every single piece of data that I can find, even stuff that's not even pertinent to this. I'm still looking at. 
Well, and the deal is, I'm sure with the National Weather Service putting their totals out, at the end they put, but this is subject to change. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure that that's at the bottom of everything they tweet out or put out or anything. But um, the Euro is the more reliable one, right? Like, that's the one I would be leaning towards. It handles winter weather the best. It, it does, and it's really funny. Last night's GFS handle, we had, a I, I won't say a surprise early morning snow, but it, it surprised some people. I mean, it accumulated, and there's maybe you know, a slushy inch or a half inch, but it made it really pretty. And obviously now, you know, when we're taping this, I'm looking outside, it's about 40 degrees. It's, it's obviously melted off, but the GFS nailed that. And so now everybody's like, oh my gosh, well, the GFS this morning took the precip shield and instead of completely backing it out of the metro area, it's now reinforcing more back in. And so everyone's like, well, I'm going to believe that because it nailed last night. I'm just like, oh, my head is, I'm not kidding you. I have a headache strictly from looking at models. I can believe that. You know, if it was me, though, I would be, like, wanting the temperature to lower first because that would be my deal. I'm like, if this does not start to go down, it is not going to be snow. It's going to be a cold rain. And so that would be what I would be stressing the most right now It's like, checking the outside temperature constantly. And, you know, like I said right now, like, if if I just strictly go off of – you know, say what's on my iPhone, you know, it's telling me that the high today is going to be 42, which we're at right now. The low is going to be 31. Okay. So I'm, you know, doing the math on my head there again, that's based off of one ensemble run of 50. And that's what, you know, iPhones go with. And so when you pull up the iPhone, everybody says he's snowflakes, they freak out. And, you know, I've looked at the model runs last night, last night, zero Z run. I looked at this morning's 12 Z run. And it's to the point now where I'm literally analyzing wind barbs, on an animated forecast to figure out when the east wind's going to kick up. And so just based on that information, uh, according to the GFS, the high res, the 1.13 kilometer view, which we have access to from the University of Washington, it says we go to an east wind between 6 and 7 o'clock tonight, and then we stay in that through you know all of tonight, which is great because it's just reinforcing that drier, colder air, which would then make snow. But I've also seen the same setup where they're predicting a whole lot and the year is predicting a whole lot and then we get nothing. And so it's just one of those things where I don't want today to hurry up and get there, but I want today to hurry up and get there. <laughs> See, and it's just it's it's back to the same thing. It's so hard to do winter weather and you really can't know what's going to happen until it happens. And so it's just I mean, we had the same the same thing happened to us. We had a tiny winter storm come through Tuesday this last week, mm-hmm. and it just it did pretty well in the West. They got some pretty good snow. We got a pretty decent snow here um, for a good solid 20 minutes or so. It was heavy snow, like could not see because the snow was just coming down so fast, but it just did not get cold enough. I don't think because we had really cold rain in the morning, transitioned to sleep for a little while. Then we had that snow, but we really here in, you know, central Oklahoma, South central Oklahoma, we just did not get anything freezing. Right. And I'll tell you, I was, I was really disappointed. I was expecting to leave work early on Tuesday and come into work late on Wednesday but that, that didn't happen because the roads just it didn't get it didn't get cold enough for anything to freeze, and so that was kind of a disappointment. But like I said, the west got a pretty decent little patch of snow, so it was just it was just a very flukish storm. But we it happened. Right. You know, and that's one thing they're talking about with us is okay. You know, it's late February, 
Um, you know, the sun is still pretty powerful at this point. As somebody said, it's the same amount of energy you're going to get uh, in late October. So, I mean, and, and you and I both know this, you know, late October, you can still get temperatures 70, 80, sometimes even 90 degrees. You need some help, but it's very possible. And so they're saying, okay, if in a, if a heavy shower comes through and it pushes the snow level to the ground, um, you know, the road temps will respond with, you know, accumulating snow will drop, but then they rebound pretty quick. And so, you know, last night up in the West Hills of Portland, one of the road temp sensors went from 40 to 32, had accumulating snow for a couple hours. But then as soon as the sun came up, it started to creep up 33, 35, 36, 37, and then finally got to about 42. And so it's just one of those things where they're saying that, you know, even if we were to get, say, two to four inches in Portland, it's going to be around. It's going to make the morning commute an absolute nightmare. But the roads hopefully will warm up enough that it will kind of initiate the melting. But if you get too much snow on top of it, that's not going to happen. And so, you know, that's why I'm kind of hoping me personally, I would love to see four to six inches in my backyard tonight. I think it would be fantastic. It'd be great. Um, I'm not working tomorrow anyway, so I get a snow day regardless. But it would be really nice to, you know, have a late season snowstorm that we can actually talk about uh, when we do our winter weather recaps here coming up in March. But, man, it's just the fact that everybody is just hanging on every single piece of data, every single model. And, I mean, Bonnie, we're pulling out models left and right. Like, you know, we're looking at the, you know, the high resolution rapid refresh. We're looking at the gem. We're looking at the Navy model. We're looking at you know, the different subsets of the Euro and the GFS and the NAM. And just, you're like, holy shit, some of the stuff I didn't even know, you know, <laughs> existed. I'm just like, where did you find that model? And, you know, it's like, oh, well, this is the Japanese-Korean hybrid. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Well, great, thanks. And so, you know, it's, you know, I, I trust the Euro. I trust the GFS for the most part. Um, the NAM's kind of out there, but you know, it does well with some events. And so it's just like, I know you can have information overload. Uh -huh. And for me personally, I'm more, I joke, I'm more of a now casting expert than I am, you know, an actual forecasting expert where I can analyze something that's happening now and then look for three hours in the future and say, okay, this is what your trends are. This is what's probably going to happen. I got a really good handle on that. But yeah. when I'm 12 hours out and I don't have a good handle on it, I, I get nervous and that's not a good thing. Well, no, it is. It's good to be aware because you don't want to be, sure. you know, on Facebook and everything and saying things that are going to happen if you're not really confident in, in saying that. And so, you know, some people just get on there and blurt out whatever thought they have come across their mind and then it doesn't happen and they lose a lot of credibility. So yep. I think it's good that you play to your strengths, but you're still working towards being better long-term forecaster. Yeah. That's it it is and, and you know i i did a facebook live before we taped this podcast and i said listen you know my gut feeling says that the euro's right and we're going to get more and the last time i had that gut feeling the euro was right and it was you know three or four years ago and we got a massive snowstorm where we had you know eight inches within like three or four hours and then we ended up with a foot and a foot and a half in some other spots and so you know i even said that. i'm like listen this is what my gut says I'm nervous because, you know, some of the models don't agree with it. And so, you know, I'm like, I got to I got to play it safe. And I got to say, you know, I think one to three inches is the best bet. But don't be surprised if you end up with more. And so, you know, I'm going to wait till the zero Z comes out and get a look at those models. And I'm going to do another Facebook live. And, then, you know, I'll probably stay up all night waiting for the snow to fall. And once it starts falling, pop back up on Facebook saying, hey, guess what? It's finally snowing. So. 
it's gonna be one of those things where it's gonna be a long day, but it's definitely worth it. So uh, I'm glad I got my two boxes of Girl Scout cookies last night at work from one of my friends. I uh, have already swallowed one sleeve of Thin Mints, and I'll probably polish off the second one at some point today. <laughs> Don't That's judge. Do Don't judge me. <laughs> I would never judge. That's the way you do it. You know, when you're just sitting there waiting for models to refresh. You just got to eat your cookies. And hey, I think that's good. Right. Some people go out and smoke because they're nervous. I'm going to eat Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> hey, I support it 100%. Well, that's fantastic. Okay. So you guys, you know, had the winter weather. What do you guys have coming up this week? Well, the first half of the week, it's going to be pretty mild. Um, lows in the 30s, highs in the 50s, low, low 60s. Um, Wednesday, it looks like it's going to cool down a little bit into the 40s for highs. But as far as precip, nothing super, uh, you know, exciting on okay. the horizon. But we'll see. You know, it's the last week of February. I don't ever remember a lot happening in the month, month of March over the past several years. So I think we're heading into a boring month, but hopefully, you know, April, May will get good. Right. And, you know, it's it, it's funny with what you guys had, you know, throughout the winter where you guys were under that constant trough where you had little, you know, things spin up constantly. Mm-hmm. Here, you know, we finally made that transition. Instead of being under a ridge, we're now in that trough. And so we get these little uh, pulse of energy that come down out of the Gulf of Alaska, you know, swing it ashore. And then our storms three days later become your guys's, you know, little tidbits of energy. And so, you know, we're starting to get into that, that point now where I think until we shift in the Northwest back to that Ridge and you guys get back in the trough, you will be kind of quiet. But with that said, you still can occasionally get pieces of energy. Like we saw this weekend where, you know, you get a little impulse of cold air and then you get that tropical moisture out of the Gulf and poof. So I hope March, going forward for you is very active so you know we'll see but uh back in the pacific northwest we're finally i won't say we're back into the cold trough but we are uh we had a cold front overnight move through and you know tons of popcorn clouds just cold air filtering in over the ocean no big deal but now we have to wait for the storm to move through tonight once that moves through and if it dumps snow great if it doesn't i'm gonna be really disappointed and probably pretty pissed off but uh, going forward, we look into, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, even into Thursday, uh, again, reinforcing shots of kind of colder, drier air coming in from the North and the East and little pulses of energy rotting up over top of it. So they're saying, you know, probably this will be the first big snow event. And then we have the possibility for a couple smaller ones as we go through the weekend. But you know, you pull up the national weather service forecast and it's like snow, 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 snow. It's like, well, yeah, but it's going to be one of those ones where everybody likes because it will snow when the sun goes down and it accumulates and then it will be around in the morning commute and then by afternoon all the roads are clear. So uh, we're into that kind of that colder, chillier pattern. Um, in the Pacific Northwest, we're going to go down in, as either either the coldest or the second coldest February on record after having record-setting warm uh, December and January. So our winter went from boring to finally exciting, and it just hasn't stopped. We've been in this pattern now close to a month, and um, you know, long-range guidance says we're still going to be in it for a while. So uh, it looks like February is going to go out you know, roaring. Uh, March is going to come in roaring, possibly. So um, what do they say? In like a lion, out like a lamb? Well, uh, that might be the case. So I guess we now just kind of have to wait and see. 
Well, I feel like winter's really hanging on, you know, and the groundhog was wrong. But (laughs) we had this tornado outbreak yesterday, which is definitely a spring-like event. So he was partially right. So, you know, I don't know. This is a very weird transition right now going from winter to spring. So I I personally, I'm over winter. So, I mean, you know, I've had my fill of winter weather. We got our taste of spring weather yesterday, and now I'm itching. So if it could just... If we could just pick up the pace here and move along into spring weather, that would be excellent. That would be fantastic. And I, I'm I'm excited to get through this winter to see what happens uh, tonight, tomorrow, and obviously through the rest of this week. But I'm with you. I'm ready for spring. I'm ready for it to get a little bit warmer. Uh, just I'm ready for something kind of different. Um, you know, I, I got spoiled. Like I said, I was in Nashville for five days. And two of the five days, it was really nice and it was somewhat warm. I'm going to say 60 degrees is warm for me. So that was lovely, uh, and I'm just ready for it. I'm ready to go out and, you know, work on my golf game. I'm ready to go out and, you know, walk uh, around the neighborhood or go hiking and do something where I don't have to take a rain jacket and or an umbrella and wear boots and, you know, just try to stay dry. I'm just ready to be able to get out and have fun. Um, I love I love the spring weather season here. I love seeing, you know, the cumulus clouds pop up on an afternoon. By the way, for my money, there is no more beautiful blue sky than in between cumulus clouds because you have nothing else. The air has been scrubbed. It's just absolutely beautiful, and I could watch that all day. That is very true. It's very, very sharp blue sky, and it's nice. It's, it's pure, right. and it's very pretty. Yes, right. I agree. And then you get zapped with a lightning bolt, and you know your day kind of goes sideways. But, oh, well, it's worth it, right? <laughs> yeah, totally worth it every time. <laughs> Uh, all right, Bonnie. Well, I'm going to go ride some more models because, you know, I haven't gotten enough of that. And, you know, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, I have five and a half hours before the Zero Z comes out the first run. So, you know, I got yeah, a little time. Those Girl Scout cookies last through that five hours. Oh, I'm going to try. Well, like I said, I had uh, a sleeve already. I got one sleeve left. So, but I know the Girl Scouts are at the Safeway about a mile and a half away through about eight <laughs> o'clock tonight. So if I have to, if I have to, I have backup boxes. Okay, you, you go, boy. You need that model ride and snack, though, you know? You got to keep your energy up. Right, and the sad thing is I haven't actually had real food today, so I think that's probably part of the reason why I'm stressing. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Girl yeah. Scout cookies are real food. It's fine. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. By the way, real quick, uh, what is your favorite Girl Scout cookie? <sighs> You know, I don't know because I don't always buy them. I get the, I like the shortbread ones. Ooh, the short ones are good. Okay. So I know that's super plain and boring, but that's those are I like those. Right. We might have to. We might have to have a stash pile of these if I come back storm chasing with you this spring. We might have to get some Girl Scout cookies to go with us. Okay. <laughs> Our tub of snacks will consist of mostly Girl Scout cookies and. Right. And beef jerky. <laughs> we're we're gonna have to do that. We're on one of the shows coming up. We need to do our storm chase like must haves. Okay. We talk right. about music that we need to have and snacks and technology requirements and all that stuff. All right, I'll start making a list. Please do, please do. First thing on the list is a vehicle to storm chase in. Yeah, so. yeah that, that's a good point. I mean, I I wouldn't mind doing it on a ten speed, but yeah, I mean, a vehicle would be nice. <laughs> I mean, we could get out there with our rollerblades, you know, but I'm just thinking like, you know, probably. Yeah, that's a bad idea. <laughs> that's just a bad, bad idea. As long as we, unless we have bicycle helmets, it won't be okay. Oh, yeah, that's so true. That's really, I mean, that's weather safety. Get a helmet. Boom. Exactly. That's all exactly. 
All right, Bonnie, another fantastic edition of B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I'm Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.